Good morning. What a blessing it is to see you. Please pay attention to those announcements. Use your, use your app to catch up with everything that's going on here in, uh, at Ambassadors Worship Center. Praise God. We're so glad to have so many guests here, so many people who love Ambassadors Worship Center and those who are still coming in. We're in a great series, and thank you for those of you, because I was telling Josh about five, five or so people approached me and says, Joshua did a great job last Sunday. Helping us, helping us understand our minds and losing our minds and mental, I mean, what's going on with us mental, sociologically, and psychologically. It was a blessing to hear you. It was a blessing to hear you say that he did a good job. I mean, thank you for that. And thank you, Joshua, for teaching the last couple of Sundays. I have been in Grand Rapids where amazing things are happening and also in Mexico with Pastor Richard where, again, amazing things are happening in Mexico as well. Things are happening all over the earth, folks. All over the earth. God's moving on his people, and I'm absolutely certain he's moving in your life. He's moving in your life whether you have realized it or not, whether you feel it or not. He's moving in your life. He's trying to do something very special in these days. Uh, the contracts that were on my desk waiting for the 10 days. I mean, I can't tell you about everything yet, but God is just amazing. He's just amazing what he wants to do in your life, and I'm a witness to that. We started this, this series, uh, I don't know, six, seven weeks ago called Made. Thank you guys so much. You can have your seats. Uh, called Made, and we've been emphasizing that you and I were made by God. Today, I want to talk to you from the subject, The Made Man. The made man, the made man. Now I'm, I'm, um, I'm approaching 60. I'm looking forward to 60. Looking forward to 60. People say, are you 60 next year? No, I said, I'm approaching 60. I'm not there next year, nor the year after that. I got, a, I got three or so years before I'm there. But, but uh, back in the day, I used to have this fascination, and some people had a concern for me. I had a fascination with... Um, uh, James Cagney and, uh, and Humphrey Bogart and uh, the Godfather movie and say hello to my little friend. I had a real fascination with gangster movies. And I didn't know it at the time, but a lot of how, how the gangsters and the mob built their syndicates was on a lot of kingdom principles. Though turned over and perverted, they were kingdom principles. In most of the movies, you would hear the term, he's a made man, he's a wise guy, he's a good fellow, uh, he's got his points or whatever. So these people who had earned the right to be in the syndicate or mafia or whatever you want to call it, who is now called a made man, what it literally meant was they were Italian, their mom and dad was Italian, it was all about blood all about blood, and secondly, because their mom and dad were Italian, they could trace their lineage back to over 200 years. And if they could trace your lineage back over 200 years, then you could be in the position to be a made man. Now, once you did some things that they asked you to do, you would be called made. And what made literally meant was you are now made. Everything about you, the rest of your life is taken care of. You will have no more worries. You will have no more concerns. Nobody will mess with you. If they mess with you, they have to deal with us. And they'll have to deal with all of us. 
and these made men had every level of security around them from the streets, in the gutters, apartment complexes, they had everything. They had the, the banks, they had, uh, y'all help me out. Huh? They had judges, they had <laughs> police, street, <laughs> pharmacists, they had everything. So as soon as you were made, you had no worries. I mean, none. You could do things in the street that were illegal to everyone else. But because there was someone sitting on a throne, I mean a, a bench, <laughs> but because there was someone sitting on a bench, it didn't matter what you had done. Because we own the, the whole system. Everything on earth was run by them. Now, some of you are like, ooh, I don't like those movies, and you're using a horrible example for this. It's my example. You can get your own. But... I was fascinated with the loyalty and the power, the authority. So every now and then, you could take those cotton swabs and put them in your jaw and be the godfather. Y'all don't, okay. I wanted to be the godfather. I should clean that up. In a good sense, the Godfather who sees all, knows all, and because of the blood at the end, at the beginning, and because of the blood of Jesus, my lineage can be traced back 2,000 years. Because of his blood on my life and I'm saved and I'm sanctified, I'm filled with Holy Ghost, I'm empowered, now I can be a made man. I can be a person that everything in my life has been planned and is in place. Because I'm now connected to a God who owns every system. He owns the health system. He owns the wealth system. He owns the judicial system. He's a God that sits on a throne and judges. He sits and looks. He's the judge of everything. And I want to convince you today that struggling, grinding, Trying to make things happen, looking, taking advantage of people, letting people take advantage of you is not the way to get what God wants for you. You've already been made. Everything about you. Everything about your whole life. So I was, uh, my last story is I was, uh, well, 21, 21 years ago, I got a chance to sit with Dr. Monroe, whose books I was reading and listening to him. I got to sit with him in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and he was explaining to about 20 of us this idea of the kingdom. And so I got so excited from that meeting, I came home and I sat my whole family down for seven days in a row. I said, I want to tell you about my conversation. I didn't know what I was talking about, but I just wanted them to hear the excitement of what I was hearing. Well, uh, 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 Pastor Lionel Callie was a little bitty thing, but Joshua caught on to it. And he said, I think I understand what you're saying. He says, give me a week and I'll show you. He's six or seven. And he brought me this little book. I still have it in the safe deposit box. I'm going to save it. I got a lot of stuff in there. I'm going to embarrass you on your wedding day. So, uh, <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm, reading, I'm reading this book and I'm like, he's got it. And he wrote down everything he believed that God has already given him without him working for it. And I'm like, you got it. Look at someone and say, you're working too hard, sugar. It's just too much. <laughs> it's just too much. 
It's too much work. As a matter of fact, we get ourselves, we get in the way of God when he's trying to do something for us. And we don't understand that he's moving things around on our behalf. Here's the scripture that I think it would be important for you to read. I think it's important for you to read outside of Sunday service. For the next seven days, just read it once. And ask questions of this scripture. It's in Ephesians 2.10. It says, for we are his workmanship. We're his workmanship. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared before him before, so that we could and we should walk in them. That scripture is loaded with gold. It's loaded with gold. We, read it with me. For we are his workmanship, what? Created in Christ Jesus for which God prepared beforehand that we should. My job is to get on the right path and walk in these things. I don't create them. I don't make good opportunities for me. That's God's job. I'm a made man. I'm completely made. You're a made woman. You're a made man. Everybody in this room, if you're here, it proves you are made. You would not have been born if God hadn't set your life up already. I like it from the, from the Message Bible. It's a really good translation, and I'm going to use it to, get, to give you my points today. I like it from the Message Bible. It, it says, for we are his workmanship, his own masterpiece. They'll put it up on the screen. I want you to read it with me. Read it. For we are his, his, we are his masterwork. Keep reading. A work of art. Look at yourself. You are a work of art. Created in, reborn from above. Spiritually, renewed. Ready to be used for what? Good works, which God prepared for us before Come on, taking so that we would walk in them, living the good life, Nebraska, which he has. If God has prearranged and made stuff for you already, why would you try to do this on your own? So here's my first thing I want to talk to you about. I want to remind you today that you were made. You weren't manufactured. You weren't prototyped. You were not in this batch, you know, batch 200 with a thousand people in it. You were individually made by the hand of God. You were thought of, you were planned. You were created in spirit. He chose which body to put you in. He chose where you would be born. He chose which era you would be born in, and now he has a path for you to walk. You are a problem solver. You are an open door. You are a blessing to the world and to people. Regardless of where you've been, regardless of what's been going on in your life, you are a blessing. Whatever's happening now, you're still a blessing. You were created to be a blessing. Am I making sense? So here's the phrase. For we are God's own handiwork made with his hands, his, his workmanship, his craftiness, 
his way to design his way to design currently almost 8 billion people on the planet, but trillions who've ever lived before us, he designed each one of them on purpose. Actually, the Bible says it in Isaiah 64, 8. It says, but now, O Lord, you are our father. We are the clay. You are our potter. And all we are the work of your hand. We're clay, you're potter, you formed me. You did not do this with a fabrication machine. You did this with your own hands. Can y'all get the scripture up? You did this with your own hands. You did this with your own hands. You built us all with your own hands. And so I am now your handiwork. There is no such thing as self-esteem. We can solve a lot of issues in your life if we could just get you to believe that God made you on purpose. If we could get you to believe that God made you on purpose, you would accept yourself as you are. All this is me. Why would I want to change and be you? If I try to be you and I succeed in it, that means one of us are now irrelevant. I'm going to say it's you. I'm going to tell God, you don't need him no more. <laughs> if we're the same, one of us is not needed. Am I making sense at all? Come on, talk to me. Am I making sense? So why would I spend any time trying to be someone else? It makes absolutely no sense at all. Psalm 119, 73 says, your hands have made me and fashioned me, so give me understanding that I may learn your commandments. Listen to what, listen to what David's saying. Your hands have fashioned me. I'm built for you. So the only way I'm going to be able to walk in your path is if I understand you. I got commandments. I hear you telling me what you want me to do. You dream every night. You go to bed, you take a naps, you go to places, and now in your head, you're thinking, I believe God wants me to do something. You have a longing for something. Those are commandments for you. People say, I live by the Ten Commandments. Well, I have like a hundred. They're not yours, they're mine. There are commandments in my life of stuff I got to do. Am I talking to anyone? There are things in my life I've got to get done. Right? But I can't get the commandments done if I don't get understanding. I need to understand who I am, why I'm here. Why are you saved anyway? So people are going to give their hearts to God today. Right in front of you. They're going to lift their hands and they're going to say, God, I give you my life. But why? Why are you getting saved? Why are you here on the planet? Why are you breathing? For what purpose did God make you? What's in his heart when he designed you? Why did he build you to think the way you think? Why do you see problems others don't see? Why do people criticize you for not being them? It's because you were uniquely formed by God. And if you don't watch this world, it will beat you into a pulp and powder and then reform you into something else that you're not. And I'm just here today to encourage you 
to preach to you. I know I'm preaching, but I'm here to encourage you. Don't let this world as it is powder you down and recreate you into something you never were intended to be because you can't sustain a lie. You can't be someone else too long. It's not sustainable. Would y'all help me preach? Say it. It's not sustainable. It's really interesting if you're a child and you decide you're going to be like someone else. You start glorifying other people. You're going to be like other people now as a child. Watch this in your children. Do whatever you got to do to get that out of them early. Because they're going to start making decisions on who someone else is. Before long, they're married to the wrong person in the wrong job, living in the wrong places, doing the wrong things. And now they wake up one morning and say, what am I doing? Well, you've spent your whole life trying to be somebody that you weren't. And now that you have what you thought you were, you don't even like it anymore. You were already made. Then that one was good to me. So write this down, write this down, write this down, write this down. Make sure you understand this. God does not make cheap copies. It's not a fabricator. You become like something else, you're cheap. I went to a place and they wanted to sell me a picture, a picture, and it was number, it was number 500. So I went to the curator and I said, you're trying to sell this picture. There are 500 of these, and you want $5,000 for the picture. And I'm like, I got an issue with that. Well, if it was the only kind, it'd be a million. I said, listen, we need to talk about this price. I bought the picture, but I said, we need to talk about this price. It's a lot of copies. Well, no, it's not really a copy. You know, it's a lithograph. It's, I said, it's a copy. I like it, but it's a copy. So they wanted me to stop talking in front of everybody. They said, how much you want for the picture? <laughs> I said, I'll take it. And then she was smart. She said, let me take you down the hallway. She said, this is one of a kind uh, painted by such and so, and it is $5 million. I said, I will never argue with you again. This one is worth $5 million, but not in my house. So, but it's one of a kind. My point, I'm not making it. Let me make it like this, like ain't TT say Mississippi. You expensive. <laughs> you expensive. You are expensive. You can't go everywhere with everybody. And you need somebody to not like you. You need somebody to leave you on the wall and leave you alone because they cannot afford to be with you. You can't go everywhere. You don't want to be hanging on everybody's wall. Everybody can't afford you. I know y'all looking at me like this, but look, I'm your pastor. I don't really care about all that. I, I know everybody, they, they can't afford you. I was, a, I, was a little, I was a little dude, just got saved, baptized, and filled with the Holy Ghost. I mean, y'all don't know nothing about them days. I had a bicycle and a dorm room. That's all I had. But I would show up in class with my hair cut. I cut it myself looking all good in, in classroom. And then they would ask me, you going over here? I said, no, I can't go over there. I can't go over there with you. Why can't you go? That would be too, that would cost me too much to go over there with you. Yes. 
That might cost me my life. Now you cute. Every about, everything about you banging, girl, you is together, you beautiful, and my body is telling me to go. But if I go, it's going to cost me too much. I don't want to meet the girl of my dreams, Linnell Williams. I didn't know at the time. I don't want to meet the girl of my dreams and have to explain to her all this stuff. We can't talk like this in church, can we? I know we can't talk. So, so those of you, I know you don't want to hear it. Just close your ears for a minute. I don't want to have to explain three babies by three different women. I don't want to have to explain the stuff I got going on. I don't, I don't want to deal with that. So I'm going home. So the next day, all the talk is, well, he's a Christian. He don't go do stuff. He don't, can't nobody hang out with him. And the people I thought were my friends couldn't hang out with me. We can't do nothing around you no more. And it's like, so what you going to do? So I'm going to my apartment. I'm going to my dorm room. Because my life, I see it in the long term. And I cannot give it, I'm, 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 I'm expensive. And I taught all my sisters, my two little sisters and my eight ones older than me, 10 of them. I said, y'all too expensive. You're too expensive. I don't care how cute he is. You're worth everything. Make sure he marries you first. Because even if he loves you, if he gets it for free, he won't in a few months. Say it out loud. I'm not cheap. I'm not cheap. You can't get me cheap. I was made. I was built. I was thought about. I was planned. I was formed. I am here on purpose. Every hair on my head is numbered. It's somewhere. I don't know. But God knows where every hair on my head was. Okay. Everything about me was planned. The way I walk, the way I talk, the way I think, where I was born, on the other side of the tracks, the people I was born to, all of it was planned. Nothing is without God. God didn't leave anything out. I'm talking about you. He did not leave anything out. Stop looking for stuff out there you already got. If you would just turn on your own spirit, you'd find everything that you're looking for. Am I making sense? Thank you. I'm glad. So now watch this. But you are reborn. You are reborn. And we need to understand this. We have to be very clear on what being reborn means. Because some people believe you're starting over. When you give your life to Christ, you're not starting over. You're getting connected to the original. You're perfect now. and you're all, You know you're perfect now. You just got to get in the spirit of perfection. Let me tell you what fights in your mind. The reason why you can deal with depression and other things is because God is showing you something he wants for you. And you can be arguing in your mind why you don't qualify. And it causes psychosis. You're confused in your own head. Because you can't receive what God wants for you. And I just want you to be in the mode of just saying yes. Amen. You doing that, God, for me? Yes. You want to do that for me? Yes, I'll take it. Everybody said God is blessing you too. Hey, don't, don't be, don't, don't, you know, don't hate the player. 
This is how you just got to do it. I'm just showing you. This is how you, you just receive. If you don't receive what God has for you, it's not like he takes it from you because you won't have it and give it to someone else. It's designed for you. There was a man named, a Pharisee named Nicodemus. He was the third teacher of the law. He was in charge of teaching the law. He came to Jesus at night, not because he was afraid, because he couldn't sleep. He, he doesn't, it doesn't matter. He's a made man in Jerusalem. He's in charge of the synagogue. But he's up all night because he's been listening to Jesus. He comes to Jesus at night. And he says to him at night, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. For no one can do these signs that you are doing unless God is with him. Jesus knew what he was getting at. He heard his heart. And listen to what Jesus says. Read it. Jesus answered and said unto him, what? Most assuredly, I say to you, unless he won't see it, he won't comprehend it, he won't get the concepts, he won't live in it, he won't see the kingdom of God. He will not be able to live this great life God has for him until he's born again. Nicodemus would ask the same stuff we would ask. Nicodemus would ask the same question. He says, so how can a man be born again? Does he go back into his mother's womb? And the women said? You don't go back into your mother's womb. You have to be born again of the water and the spirit. Water doesn't mean baptism in water. People say, if you're not baptized in water, you go to hell. Well, you got to talk, talk to the thieves. They didn't, he didn't take them off the cross and baptize them. And take them. The silly stuff we teach people. If you ain't baptized, you're going to hell. For real? So if I get saved in the desert... He's old. He can't go back. It's water. It's washing of the water of the word. The water, the word is called water that washes you, cleanses your mind, cleanses your heart, teaches you what's true, what's not true. If a man is not born again by water, if he's not born again by the spirit, this is what I want you to understand. Your spirit, your spirit is longing to return to its original self. What can be happening in your life is frustration because your spirit knows who you used to be. Is that too deep? When you were born, okay, okay. This here is so good to me. Okay, so watch this now. Come here, y'all two. Yes, come here. Y'all two with you. With your mullet and your everything. Come here. I love the old Pentecostal haircut. I, I, I love this. Watch this now. Adam. God makes Adam. Builds Adam. And in Adam, he took all of us. He took all of us, put us in Adam. 
every human being came from one man. Hey, cousin. Every, every human being came from one. You may not think you're related. You is my cousin. So, 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 so get over it. I'm one of them cousins. I don't lead the family reunion, and I don't hide in the car. Okay, so. No, I ain't going to do it. I'm too fabulous to hide. Everything is in Adam. Adam is perfect. He doesn't need salvation. There's no such term. He's perfect in God. He's free. He's clean. He's spirit-filled. He only knows God. He doesn't even know sin. He knows no sin. He's perfect. That makes who perfect? You. You as a spiritual being in Adam, you're perfect. He has the seed on earth. The spirit of God connects with that seed only when he comes together with this woman. Family now. So he needs her. If he's going to get out of him, what's there? Manipulate it, cut it, move it, move it around, take some shots. This is how it works. When he gets together with her, they have two boys who are now perfect. Cain and Abel are perfect. They have no sin. They don't need you to pray for them. They're not sick. They have no poverty. They are perfect. Until chapter 3, chapter 4. So now, when Adam and Eve fell, who fell with them? Cain, Abel fell, and so did the rest of us locked in him. We became spiritually dead. So the Bible says, by one man's sin, in Jesus, the second Adam, in one man's obedience, you see what I'm saying? So now, this man, after the fall, every child he'd have and every child being born would be born in sin and iniquity. Iniquity is not sin. It's not smoking, lying, and sleeping around. Iniquity is when you know it's not right to do and you keep doing it because you can't help it. And you can't help it. Listen to me. Listen to me. Get off your phone. Get off your phone unless you're taking notes. Listen to me. Iniquity is when you do bad all the time because you can't help but do bad. And you can't help but do bad because your spirit has not been regenerated. It has not returned to its original self. And you are confused all the time, all day long. You're doing stuff and you're saying, why are you doing that? Don't do that. Don't treat people that way. You're talking to yourself, but you do it anyway. You can't help it. You can't get it right until your spirit is renewed. Once your spirit is renewed, you go from overwriting your checking account to starting a business. When your spirit is renewed, you get you pass doing stuff on Facebook and now you're ready to join yourself with somebody. When your spirit is renewed, you can stop using your mind for certain things and go to school. If your spirit is not renewed, you'll hate your boss, which means you'll never be promoted. So I'll do this in y'all holding hands. Y'all gonna have another one? Okay, we'll let y'all sit. Y'all done? Yeah, I'm done? You ain't got nothing to do with this. I don't need any 
You don't need no siblings. You ain't paying for nothing no way. You living with them. I'm home, y'all. Your, your spirit is weeping and crying every day. I know who you were. Come back to yourself. Stop paying attention to everything going on around you. Pay attention to what's going on inside you. Y'all with me at all? So watch this now. Here's what God says. Here's what we have to understand. If I made and created and I come to God and I get my spirit renewed, I'm born again in Jesus. My spirit is the same spirit. It just needs to be regenerated. I'm not starting over. I'm now, when you get saved, you reconnect to what you lost. You're not starting over. Why do I get saved? To go to heaven? Yes. Okay, we're going there. But the real reason I give my life to God is to prepare heaven for myself on earth. I can do that. I can terraform heaven in my house. Mm-mm, pastor. That ain't what the Bible says. Okay? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy where? I'm sorry, baby. That's the prayer. He better not have me pray it if it can't happen. If I can't have peace in my home, peace in my body, peace in my mind, peace in my wallet, peace in my wallet, my checkbook, all my bank accounts. If I can't have peace there, if I can't have heaven there, he never should have asked me to pray it. And if you shake your neighbor and shake your neighbor and say, if you just, if you just doing this just to get by, that ain't the design of this thing. They don't want to push people over here. I'm coming. I said, shake your neighbor. I said, shake them. And if they look at you like, don't be touching me, they spirit just ain't right yet. Give us 30 minutes. <laughs> Pastor Martin, do you ever let up? Do you, do you just ever let people love Jesus? Here's the sign that people love Jesus. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. I can tell when you love God. I can tell when you love God. And until I see love in you in this congregation, I will push you to love God. Because if you love God, there are going to be challenges every day. God's going to be working on your heart and working on your motives. Because there are things he's commanding of you, and he's not going to get what he wants until you get what you want. Because that's how he enjoys what he wants. What I say? Here's the phrase of this scripture. This is too good. The phrase says that we may do those good works which God predestined. He planned beforehand. 
That right there, Leon, that's like a cat head biscuit. You know, they're about that size. Grandma used to make, you get it right out of the oven, you split it open, you put that homemade butter on it. See what I'm saying? Then they take that cane syrup, they squeeze it out, that mule going around, they squeeze it out and boil it. You put that cane syrup on top. They had real bacon back then that had been in a smokehouse. Y'all ready for lunch? If you understand this, he planned them beforehand. You can spend your life planning yourself or tapping into what he planned. Because none of it can be bad. Okay. <laughs> that we may do those good works. Everything God has planned for you is good. None of it is bad. Which he predestined, planned beforehand for us. If we take the path which he prepared ahead of time, that we would walk in them. Jeremiah 29, 11. I know. The innuendo is, I don't know if you know. I don't know if you know, and sometimes I don't think you know. If you know I had good plans for you, go ahead and drink the bitter cup that's in front of you. This is, people say trouble don't last always. Let me tell you how to turn your trouble that don't last always into 11 days and not 40 years. This is free. Drink the cup that's in front of you. Don't ignore what he's telling you. Stop praying to change it. Amen. Amen. Stop working hard on what you know he wants for you and from you. Stop, stop trying to interfere. Stop asking people to pray. Stop sending emails to, 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 you know, to, 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 our, to our Benny Hinn and asking him to pray against it for you. Stop coming up to prayer and say, I just want you to pray. I just want you to pray this for me. And you know that as the person's praying for you, the Holy Spirit said, mm-mm, ain't going to work. I told you you're going to do this. You got to walk through this. I'm going to teach you something in this. I'm not going to take this thorn from your flesh. I'm going to make you live through it. I'm going to cause you to rise above it. I'm qualifying for you something better. And they be praying, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we bind this thing that's happening to sister so-and-so. And the Holy Spirit said, mm-mm, nope, cancel, not going to happen. She going to walk through this. I don't want to do it. Just pray because I just believe this is the devil. I believe it's the devil. And now people laying on hands, laying hands on you, agreeing with you and your silly self, and they don't even know they disagree with God. Lord, he's now admitted that, that some people believe he's supposed to do this and he's not supposed to do it. So in the name of Jesus, you got to add a little bit. In the name of Jesus, we rebuke this spirit in Jesus' name. And the Holy Spirit said, uh-uh, no, this me, this ain't no devil. He's going to do this or I'm going to kill him. He's going to walk through this, it's over. He's going to deal with this, I'm tearing 
everything down. I don't care nothing about you, this church, or I got a plan for him. And there are too many people going to be messed up if he don't get in this place. If she is not at that hospital, some children are going to die. If he is not in that school, some people are going to fail. If you are not in this system, something's going to happen bad to some people. So he, I'm sorry, sweetie. So, so, so he's got to do this now. God told me, God told me in Korea, he told me in Korea, he says, y'all sit down. He says, you got to move now. You got to move now. It's time to go to the States now. And I'm like, wonderful. Uh, in a year, I'll tell my boss that we're moving. He says, no, I, I want you to do it now. Go tell her. When I told her there was this thing in St. Louis, she said, well, you need to fly to St. Louis. I'll pay for it. Go and interview. I'm like, oh, thank you from Korea. That would have been some money. I'm in the interviews. I'm there three hours. I get three job offers. God says, you're moving. Three. New Mexico State. Gamecocks, South Carolina. And Texas. Bless the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But at the elevator, an elder in the Lutheran church says to me, are you Martin? I've been looking for you all day. I want to talk to you about a job. I said, I already have three interviews. I said, but where are you at? He said, I'm in Omaha. I said, Omaha, is that a city? Is that a place? What is Omaha? I know. He said, it's a real city. I said, where is it? He said, in Nebraska. I said, oh, I know Nebraska. Oh, my. I said, that's interesting. I had three questions. Is it a city? He says, yes. I said, is it cold? He says, yes. I said, man. I said, any black people there? No, no, no. I'm telling you the truth. Because there ain't no brothers there. I can't do all that. You know, I can't do. I'm sorry. I can't do all that. I got to be able to find some chicken and some greens and some peas. That's just not going to work for me. The, the tortellini and these red sauces don't taste like nothing to me. Ain't gonna work. He says, but I need to talk to you about this job. I said, I said, do you know the director, the director of sports and such? And he said, I know all of them. He said, I know they offered you jobs, but you need to think about Omaha. I said, I said, I'm not, I, you know, I'm just not interested. He said, can I buy you lunch? I said, no, man, I'm going to pick up my wife and I'm taking her to a, a, a St. Louis baseball game. We're going to sit down, have baseball in the sun and eat and throw popcorn at people. We, we, we not, you know, we, we, we don't, this is not what we're doing today. He said, just let me buy you lunch. Are y'all going to lunch? I said, yes. He comes to lunch. I tell him no at lunch in front of Linnell. Linnell wakes up in the middle of the night at 2 o'clock in the morning. She sits up in the bed. Husbands, you married. Your wife sits straight up. What do you do? I'm like, what's going on with you? <laughs> What's happening? What's happening? She sat straight up in the bed and she said, Omaha, went back to sleep. I said, oh, no, no, no. This is a nightmare. I'm waking her up. Prophesy again, please. Say something from God. <laughs> Say something. Say something. Say something. Say something. Say something from God. She wouldn't wake up. I couldn't shake her, couldn't wake her up. The next morning, I said, do you remember what you said last night? She said, no. I said, you said Omaha. She said, no, I didn't. I said, yes, you did. <laughs> that night, God spoke to me. He says, you've got to go now. There are some people in Omaha. They don't know it, but they're waiting on you. They're waiting on you. And many will die 
Many will not know the Lord. Many will not hear the message I'm going to give you if you don't do what I'm telling you. If you don't get in your place, Martin, and I've got people praying, praying. You know, I really want to go to Gamecocks. It's twice as much money. It's warm. I get to work with pro athletes. I get to work in great facilities. I get to work. I mean, this is going to be awesome. And God said, if you don't go, I take you out. Tell your neighbor, you have to do it. Tell them, stop praying that God don't make you do it. Stop, 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 stop asking God to leave you alone. Stop avoiding it. Stop running. Who's going to hurt if you don't? You have to. You don't have a choice. You have to walk in them. He knows the thoughts that he has towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. Those are God's thoughts. But can I trust him, pastor? Can I, sit down, sweetheart. Can, Can I tell you one of the dumbest questions to ask? God, can I trust you? A mom told her, a mom told her son, who's always hungry. He's always hungry. Told her son, little boy. He says, uh, mom, I want to stop. Can we stop by, after soccer game, can we stop at McDonald's and get some food? No, son, I have food at home for us. It's healthier. So he asked his mom, mom, can I trust you? Now, he should be glad that he's in the back seat. And she is driving. <laughs> Why? <laughs> if she could reach him after the millions of meals she has prepared for the whole family. On time, hot, and prepared, Josh. If, if, if she could reach him from the front seat driving... She would snatch him out of his seat and ask him, what is wrong with you asking me if you can trust me? Who has been feeding your big behind for years? How you going when God tell you something, you go ask God, I just have a problem trusting you. I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can trust you. Hold up, hold hold up now. So who's the alternative? No, 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 no. Who's second, who's first in your line of trusting? What's the alternative? Who you gonna trust? No, we're in the second grade, talk to me. Who you gonna trust? Trust yourself? Who else you gonna trust? Your dumb broke friend, who else you gonna trust? The person that's jealous of you that you don't know, who else you going to trust? Your wife? Your husband? In some cases, not even your pastor. You trust God over every voice in your head. Sometimes you need to come to your pastor, though, because, man, I be looking and I'm like, God, I don't know. 
that thing you said God told you to do? I said, okay. You can't trust anyone but God. Watch what happens here to Abraham. Now may the God who brought us peace by raising from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ so that he would be the great shepherd of his flock and by the power of his blood of the eternal covenant, may he do what? Work, perfection into every part of you, giving you all that you need to fulfill your destiny. Now that right there, that right there is foo-foo with some goat's meat right there in, in Nigeria. That's good stuff. So this is what you're trying to tell me in this scripture. God, you're going to make me perfect in every part of my life. Then you're going to give me everything I need to fulfill the destiny you gave me. Why would I not trust you? You're not just going to make me. You're going to give me purpose, destiny, and the tools to finish it. Everything I need to accomplish what you've given to me. You're going to give me everything I need to do it. Everything. That's what he's saying. No matter what you need, no matter what you're called to do, how big, how grand, how impossible, you have everything in you to complete it. He's got to perfect it. And that's what you're going through right now. Listen to me. What you're going through right now is God perfecting you for the assignment he gave you. You have to let him work on you. You have to trust him to let him deal with things that you don't allow other people to deal with. Or when you get to the next level in that thing he purposed for you, you won't be prepared. And you will struggle and you will fail. I loves him. He loves me. We're getting married. Okay. That's fine. Can we get you ready first? No, I don't need to be ready. God, God, you know, God, no. I mean, what I'm trying to say is that, 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 that might be, that might be him. That might be her. We're asking you before you get ready for marriage, Get ready for marriage. <laughs> Let God equip you <clears throat> to be a wife. That didn't work. I'm going to come back then. You are a fiance now, but you need to go through a process to be a husband. But I love her. I know. I, I know. I, I know, I know, I know you do. I love your mama. But let me tell you something. 
Love is not going to make this last. Love ain't going to make this last. Well, what will make it last? Okay. You want to know what, what's going to make it last? I'm going to tell you. Two whole people. You complete me. Lie from hell. Can't nobody complete you. If you messed up and you get me, now we just both messed up. You need two whole people. <laughs> you need the understanding of communication. Whole, people who are not whole can't communicate. You need to understand money. Money. You need to know how money works, what it's designed for. You need to know about their money. You need to know about your money. Someone, someone said the other day, the church wants to see your blood tests and your credit reports. We don't need to see it. You need to see it. I don't, I don't want nothing to do with it. But you need to see the credit report. Because now you're in love with $300,000 in debt. Go on with your bad self. a bad day. Four, you need to understand their family. Well, I'm not marrying them. Listen, sugar lump. (laughs) I'm done with that list. I'm not messing with that. No, 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 no. God gives you everything you need (laughs) to succeed in whatever he's planned for you. You just got to be in the place. You got to be in the place to let God. Lift your hands right now. Tell God, I trust you. Work on me. Yes, in that area, Lord. In that area. In that area where you need to touch me. That area, you need to straighten some things out. You need to take care of this issue I've been dealing with for a long time. Touch me there. Touch, touch me. Help me deal with this. I'm not going to run anymore. Yes. Y'all thought that was an altar call. Put your hands down. That we should walk in them, living the good life, which he prearranged. Romans 4, 1. We'll read this one, then we'll be done for the day. So how do I fit Abraham? Well, I'm paraphrasing. Read it with me. So how do we fit what we know of Abraham, our first father, in the faith? What? How do I fit Abraham, who was three, 4,000 years ago, how do I fit him into November 2019? Watch what he says. If Abraham, by what he did for God, got God to approve of him, he could certainly have taken credit for it. We're saved by grace. Can't save yourself. Read loud. But the story we're giving is a not. What we read in scripture is, watch, yes, watch what we read. Abraham entered into what God was doing for him. And that was the.
I'm asking you today to trust God. It's not a Martin story. It's a God story. It's not about what you're trying to do. It's about what God's already done for you. You mean my life's going to be boring? I'm just going to sit around and wait on God? You're going to be so joyfully busy (laughs) doing all the things you love with people you love, earning the perfect wage in a healthy body with a healthy mind. Everything you want is downstream. Why are you working so hard to row upstream? My favorite song in kindergarten. I understood it as a boy. Row, row, row your boat. Gently down the stream. Merrily, 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 merrily. Life is but a dream. People say, "Uh uh-uh, my life ain't no dream. It's because you're trying to row upstream in the rapids. What are you doing? Turn that boat around. (laughs) Turn that boat around. Go downstream. Let God take you where he wants you. Let him open doors for you. You may have had a door that closed in the last few weeks. Don't worry about a door that closes. Anytime a door closes, it only means that God has a bigger one that's getting ready to open. That's how he works. 